Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is the first day of May. We are in May. We're on our way to summer and so many crazy weather things this year. This has been a crazy weather thing. And um, yesterday, they showed this picture of a tornado in Romania. And if you haven't seen it, look it up. That was, I think probably the size of a quarter of a town. It was so thick and round. And the way it connected to the funnel in the sky was just unbelievable. But it wasn't an open field, thank God, because that would have just ripped everything to shreds. But it was just amazing to see, just absolutely amazing to see. So I just wanted to pass that on. It was the most amazing weather thing I've seen in in a long time, if maybe at all. But another amazing thing that we have in our lives is the relationships that we have, how to balance ourselves in our relationships. And I said relationship because it's Relationship Wednesday, but it crosses the board to every part of our lives. Because what happens is we are in a relationship, even if we're not there with the person in our mind, because our mind is constantly having the conversations that we want to have with them, things that we want to take care of, things that we did that maybe we want to clear up or that we want to tell them or share with them. And our brain just kind of stays there and it's natural. It's, you're living with the person or you're working with them and, and there's always that sense of emotional intimacy, which is different than physical intimacy. I remember my dad used to say this all the time and I think it was the only relationship advice he ever gave me. But I don't know if it was considered advice, but I do want to tell you because it was just probably more profound now as I'm older than anything I could have put together when I was younger about it. But he said to me, anyone can have sex, but not anyone can have a relationship. Really think about that one. Anyone can have sex, but not anyone can have a relationship. And sometimes we don't know the difference. And that emotional intimacy is the only thing we've got 
that will keep our relationships balanced. If we don't have that, we tend to have more volatile-type relationships. And by volatile, I don't mean crazy-crazy, but just where things always need to be discussed and explained. And there's just like filibuster-type conversations where they just don't stop because everybody's got to get, you know, exactly how they felt in to the point that we're repeating ourselves because there's only so much that we can say other than having conversations that go deeply, but about ourselves, about our relationships. The truth will always surface at some point to the where we have to face it and we have to face ourselves. So when I asked Christ this morning, because I just love waiting till the last minute before the show starts, because that's when I'm most clear and I'll listen because I, I know I only have so much time. But normally, if I try to do this beforehand, I start writing another book. But he only said two things. And the first one he said was no piles in the corners. And all I saw was a clean room with like a little bit in this corner, a little bit in that corner, a little bit in that corner, and a little bit in that corner. So the four corners had a little bit, and the room was actually looked clean. And I thought, that's just all about relationships. There's maybe this thing we didn't tell our partner, this thing that we want to do, and we're not sharing, we're not doing it because we think we can't because we're married or we're busy with this person or whatever it is that stops us from from going to our dreams. Maybe the kids are taking up too much of our time. Maybe we haven't gone out together for a while. A lot of maybes there that we just hold on to. So I thought about that, and I thought, yeah, you know, I kind of, there's things I like to do just on my own that I don't even feel warrant a conversation. But when you're not in the right place, you tend to live your own life within the relationship. And I don't want to say that your relationship's wrong. I'm just saying in the right emotional space. Or you're the one who goes everywhere, they stay home. Or you're the one who does everything and they don't really contribute. Because now there's no balance. Now if you're not home, nothing gets done. Now if you don't talk, nothing's discussed. If you don't go out, no one goes out. And you may want to. You know, go visit friends or go to an art exhibit or go do something. Oh, no, I don't really feel like doing that. No, I don't really feel like doing that either. Well, that, and before you know it, you're living your life by yourself. Some couples work really well that way, by the way. They found a way to balance themselves with that, where when the one goes out to explore the city or the town, the other one likes their quiet time, and that helps them balance. But if you're doing it and you're feeling resentful, then you're not balanced. So it all goes back to the emotional intimacy. And I thought to myself, do I have four piles? What would be my four piles if I had 
piles in each corner. And the more interesting part about that was I used to have four piles. I don't have the four piles right now. And I couldn't believe it. I used to feel like I couldn't be myself because I was so busy, and this connects to the self-worth conversation, pleasing everyone, that by the time I got to myself, nobody really cared what I did. And that was the operative word. Nobody really cared. I cared what everybody did. But the reason they didn't care is because I didn't share. I didn't create my space within that relationship. So in a weird way, the way I was raised, living my culture in my home and being whatever I saw outside of my home, outside of my home, that became a way I lived because that's how I lived. It's the only way I knew how to live. What I didn't realize is that a lot of people do that. But when you can just say, I just want to read a book all day and read a book all day and your partner's fine. If you can just say, I'm going to go shopping and, and feel good about what you bought and come home and share that instead of feel like, oh, they'll never understand. Oh, they won't care. Or when you guys have a conversation and you actually might not agree with what's going on and you can say it in a way that doesn't put anyone down because you don't need to win. All of those things balance us because then we feel part of the mix. We feel loved no matter what because it's the little stuff we don't think we're going to be loved over. The big stuff everybody sees. But those little emotional twists and turns that go on in your mind that, oh, nobody will care about this. Oh, I don't want to tell anybody about that. Oh, that's silly that I want to start dancing or I want to start something new or I may want to go back to school or, you know, I want to paint. I always say I want to paint because that's something I want to do. I'm just not ready yet, but I can't wait to get there. But there's things like that that position our minds into building blocks of these structures that end up holding up the relationship at the end of the day. If you meet any couple that's been together, sometimes some people get it instantly and others actually develop it as they go along. The instant is more rare, but they develop it as they go along. They're just so naturally open and normal to them, normal to be open, that when they talk and the two partners are together and you're the third person or another couple talking with them, they will have discussed so many things that their conversations are so interesting because they will say things like, well, you know, you know, John thinks of it this way and I think of it this way. And both ways can work. It's just what do you want at the end? And the way they've discussed things built their minds 
into that structure that gives them the space to be who they are in a relationship. A lot of people get in a relationship and lose themselves in there, and then they have to get out to get themselves back. And a lot of times it's not because they don't want to be with the person. It's that they miss who they were before they got there. Because they never integrated, they never created a balance or created the building blocks to have a structure to live in. We all need a structure. That's why we were able to live through our parents, no matter what our parents did, even older because we already knew the structure. The structure was already built. Even though it may have been a structure we didn't like and we may have wanted to do things different, the fact that there was a structure makes it hard to get out of because the structure gives you stability and balance, and that's what we are looking for. And from that, we are able, able to be ourselves, and that's also what we want. And because we're able to be ourselves, we have a home base of emotional intimacy. And emotional intimacy is the greatest intimacy we could ever have. If you have children, you understand that bond of emotional intimacy. And that emotional intimacy is so strong that it forces the parent to create some kind of structure so that they can raise this child. Parents who don't create that structure can easily leave their children. Because there is not an attachment. There's no structure. There's no, oh, we wake up and we do this and then we go here. And then we all know when we say we're going to leave in five minutes to really be ready in five minutes. And, you know, those little things that we just can easily overlook. But that structure, that emotional intimacy creates such a safety that the entire room is clean and there are no piles in the corner. Having conversations of asking questions of each other. Like, how do you like that? What would you think would work better instead of, well, you just want it that way and I can't do it that way. That's where we're different. Who cares that you're different? Of course you're different. So how do you want to do that? The days of winning accusations, messy divorces, jumping in too fast into relationships, those days are numbered. You're going to laugh at me to say this, 
But one of the best things that ever happened to relationships is text messaging. And I know it sounds counterintuitive because we say things like, oh, no, there's no way, right? But there's something about texting that we learn from each other because now we have to write down, write down in a text what we want. There's nothing else to do. You can't, you know, spend an hour there. You just get to the point. Where do you want to go to dinner? I don't know. Well, you're going to know. You're going to solve it. You're going to get it done. It's actually a very integral part of a relationship. You don't have to talk and jump in with a bunch of other things. It keeps us focused onto one topic. Yes, no, maybe, done. It gives us a clearer picture of stability and safety just by how the text messages go. If there's crazy in there, you will see it. If there's insinuation in there, you will see it. If there's accusation in there, you will see it. It offers us so many clues that I couldn't even believe I was saying text messaging. But if you're both at work, it gives you a chance to trust that, hey, I can say this, I can lay this down, they'll pick it up and run with it, and we're fine. It gives us one more aspect to being quick, to living in that trust, to creating the bigger picture we want in our lives, and to never forget, never forget that the other person wants a successful relationship as much as you do. We tend to look at our relationships as our relationships. And what does this person provide for me? What does this person provide for me? And that's not what you're actually looking for. You're looking for an energy exchange that provides for both of you. So the first thing that Christ said to take a look at was to clean up the piles in the corner. The other thing he said, which almost sounds like a duh, but yet we obviously don't do it, is to reconcile along the way. Think about anything you've done in your life. Forget relationships for a minute that you did one step at a time. And if there was an issue, you had to fix the issue before you went on to the next thing. It's like putting a toy together and you have to follow the directions and you can't just go from one to eight because the thing isn't going to look right and you might have forgotten the screw or you might have forgotten to hook two parts together. And if you do try to just do it one to eight, what do they always say? Go back and read the directions. They have to take the whole thing apart and put it back together again step by step by step. Well, that goes with our emotions too. Sometimes we don't know where we're at with our emotions. 
But when we don't, and let's say there's an issue, and the two of you have an issue, and you're not ready to talk about it, don't talk about it yet. Don't go from one to eight. Just say, you know what? We definitely need to have a discussion about this. I don't feel right, but I don't know yet what it is I don't feel right about. When you can say that and the other person can receive that, that is the most powerful energy exchange you can have inside of your relationship. Because what that saying is, I know we're going to be together forever. And I also know that I trust we're going to solve this. And I also know that you care enough about me and I care enough about you to get to what's actually wrong. Because the opposite of reconciling along the way is having a shouting match. And then once you're both exhausted, you get to the actual issue and you're like, oh, that was really what was bothering me. Or one of the two of you had to win. So now if you had to win or they had to win, you're either a loser or a winner. And how does that feel? Well, when you win, the other person's not going to feel good, so your energy exchange is not going to be great. Now they're like with their tail between their legs. Who wants to feel that? Or if you're the one who lost, you're spending half your time saying how sorry you are and how, you know, maybe you're not that great and, you know, maybe you're not the right person and all this kind of crazy stuff starts coming up. Instead of saying, wow, that was an interesting conversation. Well, that was an argument. Wow, that's how we argue. Did you notice that when we argue, I get really defensive? Why do I get defensive like that? And talk about, instead of what you argued about, how your brain wanted to solve that. Because that's where you're learning. It's never about the issue. People sometimes will say, do you remember that argument we had? What was it about again? But do you remember what you did? You'll remember that and you won't even remember what it was. Because you saw the bigger picture of the relationship. You saw the longevity. You saw the building block. And you guys built a structure. And that structure gives you somewhere to go when things aren't going the way you may have wanted them to go. Really think about these things. Anywhere there's a structure that you built with another person, that structure remains so strong that anytime the kids come back home, they know exactly what's going on and they crave it. They're like, they walk in the house and they're like, oh, it's so good to be home. It's so good to be home because they already know 
that safety already exists. And when you create that with another human being, that you chose to bring into your life. Those are the relationships that survive the test of time. There is a man that I was working with last night, not, not very long ago, just last night, whose wife, now they've been married almost 40 years. His wife is in jail. She's not in prison, but she's in jail. She has a substance abuse issue, and he goes to visit her. He goes every week to visit her. She's there for a few months. The judge was really mad at her because he gave her a chance before, and he figured the only way to stop her is to take her away from her world. And I said, what the heck keeps you going back to visit her? Do you realize that you are enabling her because she dumps it all on you? But you know what happened? Their structure is so strong That when I said, what keeps you going back? Just out of curiosity, I wanted to know. And I wanted him to hear it. And in such an innocent, beautiful voice, he said, love. One word. He was so confident in his conversations that they had had all their lifetime that he knew exactly why he was going back. She's not bad for having a substance issue. It's not her that he doesn't love. It's the problem that he doesn't love. And he can see clearly that the problem is out of her hands, that she's a victim to herself. And we both knew, and we didn't want to know, but we both knew that him continuing to enable her is why the problem is still as big as it is, because she has never had to self-account yet. It was a very hard discussion to have because sometimes to help the people we love, we have to do things that are different than what we've done all along because we were keeping the structure so strong that every time the person goes back to that environment, that environment is the trigger because of heredity and whatever else that she has inside of her brought her to this day. But that's compassion. Just to hear, just when, when I asked the question, I, I didn't know what I was going to hear. But just to hear that one word told me so much about their relationship, about how well they communicate, 
how good it is when the substance isn't involved in their relationship and how hard it is when it is, how heartbreaking it is for both of them. She cries, he cries, and she still can't help it. And she does need help, and we've tried to get her help, and she's gone through many programs, but it's just, it's like she she can't accept that she will be okay without it. And it's it's killing her, literally. But he goes to visit her in jail for one reason, and that's love. I know that's an extreme situation, but it's going on today. The structure they built is so solid for the first 25 years of their relationship. There was no substance abuse. This happened later on. And it's hereditary. Half of her family died of this abuse. And he understood that. So how do we balance ourselves? Clean up the piles. Be who you are. Gently accept yourself into your own relationship so that the energy exchanges can build you, build a structure. And reconcile along the way. Don't pile up your feelings to where they pop out. Just talk about them. And we can live that way. We do live that way if we pay attention and we are aware that we can. You guys, thank you so much for today. I will see you guys on Dream Team Thursday tomorrow, May 2nd. I can't wait to see you again. I love you guys so much. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.